Howdy and hi all. This is El Poeta, your Old Town raconteur. Tonight's episode, or this morning's episode, or even high high noon's episode, whenever the hell you're gonna tune in, I'm here. This is episode one, 68th in Exeter, 1958. And I hope you're all uh, enticed by the uh, teaser we sent out last week. And uh, here we go. And just a disclaimer, if there's anything that you do disagree with, any of my facts, figures, analogies, um, just write me, handsofthepoet at mac.com. I'm up for interpretation, and uh, anything here goes. So I am trying to be as spontaneous and factual as possible. Well, anyways, I hope I don't have to say that every time we uh, connect, but if so, Welcome, El Poeta, Old Town Raconteur, 68th and Exeter, 1958. And uh, honestly, my family's connection with Old Town actually started in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Not such a surprise. Uh, No one was really indigenous to these parts, right? Arizona, Phoenix... Scottsdale, California. They were early uh, migration red pins on the map looking west, but uh, I don't think many people were being born out here at that time, except, of course, for the true cowboys and Indians. Uh, So, Looking west were mostly the honest Midwesterners and the chilly East Coasters. They were uh, looking for the attractions that behold them. And what are they? Well, one was sunshine. 365 days of guaranteed sunshine. At least that's what the welcoming party uh, suggested and uh, number two land lots and lots of land don't fence me in as Cole Porter once wrote I want lots and lots of land and there was lots of flat untouched desert land Truly Western in thought, another land rush was on. As far as I'm concerned, never seemed to stop. Uh, There's been highs and lows since I've been out here, but the development here has just been crazy the last um, maybe 10, 12 years. It's frightening. So, going back to Cleveland, 
we lived in a nice white house on the corner of the street uh, across from Roland Elementary School. That was a nice brick, one-story uh, schoolhouse. Uh, I think it was uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. So in May of 1958, Harry Linsis packed up his 1957 gray Buick Special with wife Ruth and his two-year-old son Bruce and me, Harry's first son, born May 9th, 1952, Elliot. Harry was a builder from Cleveland. Uh, he came home from World War II, a hero, which gained him full scholarship, full scholarship to Ohio State University where he was accepted to the architectural school and studied structural engineering. Uh, he didn't get his degree. Uh, Harry was in a big hurry to put his knowledge to work. He got what he could out of um, going to OSU and uh, quickly entered the building profession, actually. He was a new builder, and there was a plot of land sitting at 16th Street and Coulter that his brother, uh, Al, uh, had bought and had suggested to Harry he come out and tackle the uh, the project and together they would build these apartments well that was his beck and call and 365 days of sunshine you couldn't find a better climate to build in rain or shine the land rush was lit 1958 everybody is heading west we were heading west to move into a new home at 68th and Exeter, Scottsdale, just north of Old Town. Uh, though I believe it was Old Town. Uh, if Old Town stopped at, I don't know, Indian School in 68th, well, I could throw a rock from our house and hit that, uh, landmark but uh, we had a nice brick home maybe it was made out of super light brick with thick cement mortar coming out everywhere if I remember and the house was purchased in 1958 for 235. Now today 2020 the home is worth over a quarter of a million dollars. So uh, location, location, location. Old Town Scottsdale 1958 1958 life had begun. 
Our first home was actually uh, at 68th Place. The house, the street, excuse me, the street just uh, had to be east, just east of 68th Street. So that's uh, where we were, 68th Place and Exeter, probably a, a safer location. And just a foul ball from 68th Street and the world beyond. What a big, wide, crazy world to be discovered, too. Um, I couldn't wait for my new Red Schwinn two-wheel bicycle that I had just received uh, for my birthday before we left uh, Cleveland. Uh, so I hadn't seen it in quite a few months, and I was just learning how to ride a two-wheel. I was six years old, and uh, I do remember that very hot, hot September afternoon when the um, Allied moving vans pulled up with our belongings and rolled my Schwinn out the ramp, and I jumped on it. So, to give you uh, somewhat of a location of where I was standing that afternoon, uh, after I had ridden around the house several times and picked up what I didn't know was bullheads, hundreds of them, in my tires. That's right, back in front, uh, within moments, I had no ride. The bike was flat, and this was all new. Uh, I think maybe one of the movers explained what it was, bullheads. And me being a bullhead, it just seemed apropos for something like that to happen. Uh, never happened again. I did pull all the bullheads out and we had to take it to the uh, Schwinn Cyclery, I believe, to have the tires fixed. And that was in Old Town, a little bike shop. I believe that was the name of it. So looking west uh, from my front and backyard was uh, Exeter, that beautiful pothole street that ran east and west and connected my house with uh, the citrus orchard on either side, uh, Kaibab Elementary School at 62nd and Exeter, two very large Weimarimers that terrorized me for years on my way to school. Peacocks, more horses, and yes, more potholes. To the east now um, was uh, basically farmland. Um, there was sheep and cattle, pigs, um, roosters crowing in the morning. Yes, very, um, very rural setting at the time. Uh, and if you kept 
looking east uh, till Scottsdale Road, there was the Arizona Canal. And then if I'm not mistaken, there was a Ford dealership at the corner of Camelback and Scottsdale Road, which was right out of the Jetsons Saturday morning cartoon show. Uh, Harry bought a white two-door Ford Satellite, uh, Ford Starliner, excuse me, a Ford Starliner years later from this Ford uh, lot. And uh, the cars would spin in the showroom and just the architecture and the cars, of course, that were being displayed, those hot Ford T-Birds. Remember those? They haven't made a cooler car, American car, like that since. And when did that start? 1956, maybe the first T-Bird. And even the ones in the 60s were just incredible. And that's what, uh, those were the cars that lined the lot, if you, if you can imagine that. The, um, the way those cars were finished with the round lights, backup lights, and just the, the lines of that car and the convertibles. Uh, anyways, uh, you did see quite a bit of them in Old Town Scottsdale at the time, and they probably weren't that expensive at the time. So, uh, <clears throat> I guess where are we now? We were at the Ford dealership, uh, looking north, actually, from the front yard was Camelback Road. Camelback Road um, and 68th Street was all potholes as well. And uh, right there in the neighborhood was horses, Jennies and Johns, saddles and bridles, the tack house, cowboys and Bettys, just like the black and white TV shows I watched on Saturday morning. Fury, My Friend Flicka, Roy Rogers, Sky King, The Lone Ranger, on and on. Uh, it was a stable, and uh, there were quite a few horses there, and uh, training uh, facilities, uh, uh, rodeo, small rodeo, grounds to perform in. Uh, it was um, really hard to imagine if you've just moved here, but that truly was life in our neighborhood. Uh, many of my neighbors, um, they bought horses and, and bored them there. Unfortunately, my dad wouldn't partake in any of that. He threatened to buy us a donkey. Uh, looking back, I wish we would have purchased that thing. He was darling. But anyways, looking south now, spinning around, and there was Old Town, I guess, if that's the perimeter of Old Town, but it was Indian School Road, 
Yes, the Valley Ho Hotel was there. The shops on Fifth Avenue. Uh, I don't believe Ford and Haig, the tobacco shop, was there, but soon after. The Magazine House on Indian School. The Ranch House on Indian School. Liederman Music. The Music Man. Bashes. Just further south, if you crossed Indian School Road, walking south on Scottsdale Road, there was the Toy Corral, and then there was a sporting goods store. I forget the name of it. It was a very high-end store uh, that sold uh, the real deal, the real mitts, bats, and balls. Uh, and it was uh, known to be quite expensive. I never shopped there. I, I may have walked in and bought a jock strap there. I'm not kidding or trying to be funny, but that was the extent of my uh, purchase at, uh, I'll come up with the name, or if you do know the name, give me a shout. Uh, walking further south on Scottsdale Road, and we're not going to go much further than this because I will take us on a walking tour of Scottsdale Road, early 1950s, late 1950s, early 60s in one of our episodes. But there was Lutz Drugstore that still had the horse tie out in front of it and people would ride up on their horses and tie up their equine and go in and have a soda. I don't think they were selling any uh, sort of brew there, but you could get a good fountain drink and uh, chocolate phosphate even, root beer float, Lutz Drugstore, yes. Across the street, um, I believe it was up and running at the time, late 50s, was the Sugar Bowl ice cream parlor. Now, if you wanted to really dig into the ice cream cuisine, that was the place to go. And we'll talk more about the Sugar Bowl in upcoming episodes. So, there are more and more stories galore where do I start? Uh, thought about a chronological format, uh, maybe too rigid uh, because of the way the times they are changing. So I really thought about the format outline and being uh, spontaneous, trying to be spontaneous and yet informative and not rambling. I really thought that the no format outline would be the perfect format outline. So let's try that. And if uh, any of you out there have any better ideas or complaints, again, send me a note at the, this moment, hands of the poet at mac.com. So as random as I may get, I'm, I do feel that eventually my recounts will uh, fill the holes in this memory jigsaw puzzle 
of Old Town Tales. And you may be asking why now? You know, I've lived here most of my life, off and on, both coasts. It just came to me, actually. I had been talking to a friend of mine who is now living in Old Town, and uh, he was saying how wonderful it is, and he lives right by the Valley Ho Hotel. And another friend of mine, his mother, uh, is one of the uh, top food engineers, concierge, uh, at Valley Ho. And so I just started talking about it uh, because I remembered as a kid and my mother talked about the Valley Ho and we knew that there were famous people staying there. So um, I started to recount uh, a lot of my childhood memories uh, about uh, Old Town. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? I should write these down. And then I thought, out of the hell with that. Who's going to read this stuff? Where am I going to write it? On a napkin in a restaurant somewhere? But there is an incredible anthology of the recollections to share with all of those who were there and those who may have not been there. So there's stories of the rich and famous and infamous. Uh, We are all connected by the neighborhoods of Old Town Scottsdale, North, South, East, West. A Netflix series for sure, directed by one of our own residents, Steven Spielberg. And if you didn't know that, then you're not an Old Town. But we'll catch you up to snuff on that because uh, I did know uh, about Stephen. He was a few years older than me, but my brother and his sisters were very good friends. So I knew what he was up to. Uh, If I only would have been a little more pushy and uh, said, hey, can I hold the boom for you? But we'll get to that. And uh, it's time to archive these stories. Old Town presently is being threatened directly. Ground Zero, the epicenter. Uh, If something doesn't happen soon, like within the next few weeks, months, maybe, Old Town will not look like Old Town anymore. And obviously, it's because of those chilly East Coasters, developers, who've come in here with wads of cash and have influenced our local politicians. Anyways, let's not get into that now because I'm very apolitical, but I do stand uh, on a soapbox about what is taking place at the moment. But the first puzzle piece I'm going to throw down is Shaped Like Me, actually. Some kid from Cleveland. 
Like I said, born May 9th, 1952, to Harry and Ruth Linsis. My dad, um, all his life, had a hankering for photography. He had his own dark room uh, when he was in high school, Shaker Heights High, if you're familiar with uh, that prominent school in Cleveland. Um, one evening, he was toying with uh, his Polaroid land camera and it's the twink light. I love saying that, the twink light. It was a strobe that, it did twink. That's a perfect name for it. And uh, it was used with the Polaroid land cameras at the time. So he was taking pictures of the house and me and maybe my mother. Uh, and he handed me the camera. He knew I was fascinated with just the, the equipment, the gizmo, the, uh, the technology. And of course, this was instant photography invented by Dr. Land in the early 50s, I believe. He handed me the camera and his only advice ever about photography, being photographer, was don't cut the heads off. And then he motioned to me with his hand like he was sever severing his head. Don't cut the heads off. That's all he ever said. I think I have cut some heads off. I think intentionally. I don't think he would have been happy with it, but uh, art for art's sakes, right? So he had a hankering for photography and I had a passion for it. And that was lit that night when he handed me that camera and the world I saw in rectangles and squares and octagons, wherever there was a shape, I could crop the world as we drove in his Buick or whatever. I was always making images out of whatever was out there before me. Uh, my mother, uh, was obsessed with fashion, clothing, uh, fashion magazines, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Cosmo, um, maybe Vanity Fair at the time, uh, and entertainment. Uh, so the imagery was set for me as a child. Yes, it was beautiful women in black and white magazine print. I went crazy for the beautiful, stunning, classy models. Nothing like the models of today. These were women you could take to church. And uh, I'll let it go at that at the moment. But uh, the next ingredient 
in my years of being a photographer was the Bob Cummings show. Probably no one out there knows the Bob Cummings show. and Maybe you should Google it and watch a few episodes on YouTube. Well, Bob Cummings was a comedian actor at that time, 1950s, and he had a black and white TV show on from, I believe, the late 1950s. Uh, he depicted life as a, believe it or not, commercial fashion photographer. Listen, after watching just a few episodes of the Bob Cummings show, uh, the blueprint was, uh, it was set. I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I sort of kept it to myself, but I did proceed with practicing my trade. And we will talk about that in episodes to come. Promise you that. Uh, I, soon after the Bob Cummings show, relatively soon if you think about it, I did receive a uh, BFA in photography from uh, Arizona State University in 1975. Uh, in 1984, I returned from Hollywood, La La Land, and opened Camel Studios. Uh, not many years after, I watched that episode as a child in my living room far, far away. Which brings me to the conclusion here that uh, we are all from Cleveland and joined hands in Old Town. From Migdal to Lincoln Drive and beyond, 44th Street to Granite Reef, do you agree? Share your memories, your puzzle pieces. Write to me, Elliot, L, El Poeta, at Hands of the Poet at Mac.com. Well, this wraps up our first episode, and I hope it brings a lot of rushing memories to you all and uh, maybe a lot of thought about that wonderful little town that we grew up in and uh, is being threatened to be urbanized. But for tonight, tomorrow, and high, high noon, have a good one. And you all come back now, right? Thank you. tour singing about the adventures and misadventures myths and facts the famous and infamous residents of Old Town Scottsdale memories and mayhem from the late 1950s to present you can't forget 
So all you old towners and new towners, hang on to your lassos, jennies, and johns, and sit back into your saddles for full-length episode number one, 68th in Exeter, driving into town real soon. Y'all come back now. Thank you. Howdy and hi all. This is El Poeta, your old town raconteur. Tonight's episode, or this morning's episode, or even high high noon's episode, whenever the hell you're gonna tune in, I'm here. This is episode one. 68th in Exeter, 1958, and I hope you're all uh, enticed by the uh, teaser we sent out last week, and uh, here we go. And just a disclaimer, if there's anything that you do disagree with, any of my facts, figures, analogies, um, just write me, handsofthepoet at mac.com. Uh, I'm up for interpretation, and uh, anything here goes. So I am trying to be as spontaneous and factual as possible. Well, anyways, I hope I don't have to say that every time we uh, connect, but if so, Welcome, El Poeta, Old Town Raconteur, 68th and Exeter, Exeter 1958. And uh, honestly, my family's connection with Old Town actually started in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, not such a surprise. Uh, no one was really indigenous to these parts, right? Arizona, Phoenix. Scottsdale, California. They were early uh, migration red pins on the map looking west, but uh, I don't think many people were being born out here at that time. Except, of course, for the true cowboys and Indians. Uh, so, Looking west were mostly the honest Midwesterners and the chilly East Coasters. They were uh, looking for 
the attractions that behold them. And what are they? Well, one was sunshine. 365 days of guaranteed sunshine. At least that's what the welcoming party uh, suggested. And uh, number two, land. Lots and lots of land. Don't fence me in, as Cole Porter once wrote. I want lots and lots of land, and there was lots of flat, untouched desert land. Truly Western in thought, another land rush was on. As far as I'm concerned, never seemed to stop. Uh, there's been highs and lows since I've been out here, but the development here has just been crazy the last um, maybe 10, 12 years. It's frightening. So, going back to Cleveland, we lived in a nice white house on the corner of the street uh, across from Roland Elementary School. That was a nice brick, one-story uh, schoolhouse. Uh, I think it was uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. So in May of 1958, Harry Linsis packed up his 1957 gray Buick Special with wife Ruth and his two-year-old son Bruce and me, Harry's first son, born May 9th, 1952, Elliot. Harry was a builder from Cleveland. Uh, he came home from World War II, a hero, which gained him full scholarship, full scholarship to Ohio State University, where he was accepted to the architectural school and studied structural engineering. Uh, he didn't get his degree. Uh, Harry was in a big hurry to put his knowledge to work. He got what he could out of um, going to OSU and uh, quickly entered the building profession, actually. He was a new builder and there was a plot of land sitting at 16th Street and Coulter that his brother, uh, Al, uh, had bought and had suggested to Harry he'd come out and tackle the, uh, the project and together they would build these apartments. Well, that was his beck and call. And 365 days of sunshine, you couldn't find a better climate to build in. Rain or shine, the land rush was lit. 1958, everybody is heading west. 
we were heading west to move into a new home at 68th and Exeter, Scottsdale, just north of Old Town. Though I believe it was Old Town. Uh, if Old Town stopped at, I don't know, Indian School in 68, well, I could throw a rock from our house and hit that uh, uh, landmark. But uh, we had a nice brick home. Maybe it was made out of super light brick with thick cement mortar coming out everywhere, if I remember. And the house was purchased in 1958 for $23,500. Uh, today, 2020, the home is worth over a quarter of a million dollars. So, uh, location, 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 Old Town, Scottsdale, 1958, 1958, life had begun. Our first home was actually uh, at 68th Place, the house, the street, excuse me, the street just uh, had to be east just east of 68th Street. So that's uh, where we were, 68th Place in Exeter, probably a, a safer location. And just to foul ball from 68th Street and the world beyond. What a big, wide, crazy world to be discovered, too. Um, I couldn't wait for my new Red Schwinn two-wheel bicycle that I had just received uh, for my birthday before we left uh, Cleveland. Uh, so I hadn't seen it in quite a few months and I was just learning how to ride a two-wheel. I was six years old and uh, I do remember that very hot, hot September afternoon when the um, Allied moving vans pulled up with our belongings and rolled my Schwinn out the ramp and I jumped on it. So to give you uh, somewhat of a location of where I was standing that afternoon uh, after I had ridden around the house several times and picked up what I didn't know was bullheads, hundreds of them, in my tires. That's right, back and front, uh, within moments I had no ride. The bike was flat and this was all new. Uh, I think maybe one of the movers explained what it was, bullheads. And me being a bullhead, it just seemed apropos for something like that to happen. Uh, never happened again. Uh, I did pull all the bullheads out and we had to take it to the uh, Schwinn Cyclery 
I believe, to have the tires fixed. And that was in Old Town, a little bike shop. I believe that was the name of it. So looking west uh, from my front and backyard was uh, Exeter, that beautiful pothole street that ran east and west and connected my house with uh, the citrus orchard on either side, uh, Kaibab Elementary School at 62nd and Exeter, two very large Weimarimers that terrorized me for years on my way to school, peacocks, more horses, and yes, more potholes. To the east now um, was uh, basically farmland. Uh, it was sheep and cattle, pigs, um, roosters crowing in the morning. Yes, very, um, very rural setting at the time. Uh, and if you kept looking east uh, till Scottsdale Road, there was the Arizona Canal. And then if I'm not mistaken, there was a Ford dealership at the corner of Camelback and Scottsdale Road, which was right out of the Jetsons Saturday morning cartoon show. Uh, Harry bought a white two-door Ford satellite uh, Ford Starliner, excuse me, a Ford Starliner years later from this Ford um, lot. And uh, the cars would spin in the showroom and just the architecture and the cars, of course, that were being displayed, those hot Ford T-Birds. Remember those? They haven't made a cooler car, American car, like that since. And when did that start? 1956, maybe the first T-Bird. And even the ones in the 60s were just incredible. And that's what, uh, those were the cars that lined the lot, if you, if you can imagine that. The, um, the way those cars were finished with the round, lights, backup lights, and just the, the lines of that car and the convertibles. Uh, anyways, uh, you did see quite a bit of them in Old Town Scottsdale at the time, and they probably weren't that expensive at the time. So, uh, <clears throat> I guess where are we now? We were at the Ford dealership. Uh, looking north, actually, from the front yard was Camelback Road. Camelback Road um, and 68th Street was all potholes as well. And uh, right there in the neighborhood was horses, Jennies and John, saddles and bridles. The Tack House, 
Cowboys and Baddies, just like the black and white TV shows I watched on Saturday morning, Fury, My Friend Flicka, Roy Rogers, Sky King, The Lone Ranger, on and on. Uh, it was a stable, and uh, there were quite a few horses there, and uh, training uh, facilities, uh, uh, rodeo, small rodeo grounds to perform in. Uh, it was um, really hard to imagine if you've just moved here, but that truly was life in our neighborhood. Uh, many of my neighbors, um, they bought horses and, and board them there. Unfortunately, my dad wouldn't partake in any of that. He threatened to buy us a donkey. Uh, looking back, I wish we would have purchased that thing. He was darling. But anyways, looking south now, spinning around, and there was Old Town, I guess, if that's the perimeter of Old Town, but it was Indian School Road, Yes, the Valley Ho Hotel was there. The shops on Fifth Avenue. Uh, I don't believe Ford and Haig, the tobacco shop, was there, but soon after. The Magazine House on Indian School. The Ranch House on Indian School. Liederman Music. The Music Man. Bashes. Just further south, if you crossed Indian School Road, walking south on Scottsdale Road, there was the Toy Corral, and then there was a sporting goods store, I forget the name of it, it was a very high-end store uh, that sold uh, the real deal, the real mitts, bats, and balls. Uh, and it was uh, known to be quite expensive. I never shopped there. I, I may have walked in and bought a jock strap there. I'm not kidding or trying to be funny, but that was the extent of my uh, purchase at, uh, I'll come up with the name, or if you do know the name, give me a shout. Uh, walking further south on Scottsdale Road, and we're not going to go much further than this because I will take us on a walking tour of Scottsdale Road, early 1950s, late 1950s, early 60s in one of our episodes. But there was Lutz Drugstore that still had the horse tie out in front of it and people would ride up on their horses and tie up their equine and go in and have a soda. I don't think they were selling any uh, sort of brew there, but you could get a good fountain drink and uh, chocolate phosphate even, root beer float, Lutz Drugstore, yes. Across the street, um, I believe it was up and running at the time, late 50s, was the Sugar Bowl ice cream parlor. Now, if you wanted to really dig into the ice cream cuisine, 
that was the place to go. And we'll talk more about the Sugar Bowl in upcoming episodes. So there are more and more stories galore. Where do I start? Uh, thought about a chronological format, uh, maybe too rigid uh, because of the way the times they are a-changing. So I really thought about the format outline and being uh, spontaneous, trying to be spontaneous and yet informative and not rambling, I really thought that the no format outline would be the perfect format outline. So let's try that and if uh, any of you out there have any better ideas or complaints, again, send me a note at the, this moment, handsofthepoet at mac.com. So, as random as I may get, I'm, I do feel that eventually my recounts will uh, fill the holes in this memory jigsaw puzzle of Old Town Tales. And you may be asking, why now? You know, I've lived here most of my life, off and on, both coasts. Uh, it just came to me, actually. I had been talking to a friend of mine who is now living in Old Town. And uh, he was saying how wonderful it is. And uh, he lives right by the Valley Ho Hotel. And another friend of mine, his mother, uh, is one of the uh, top uh, food engineers, concierge, uh, at Valley Ho. And so I just started talking about it uh, because I remembered as a kid and my mother talked about the Valley Ho and we knew that there were famous people staying there. So um, I started to recount uh, a lot of my childhood memories uh, about uh, Old Town. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? I should write these down. And then I thought, out of the hell with that, who's gonna read this stuff? Where am I gonna write it? On a napkin in a restaurant somewhere? But there is an incredible anthology of the recollections to share with all of those who were there and those who may have not been there. So there's stories of the rich and famous and infamous. Uh, we are all connected by the neighborhoods of Old Town Scottsdale, North, South, East, West. A Netflix series for sure, directed by one of our own residents, Steven Spielberg. And if you didn't know that, then you're not an old townie. But we'll catch you up to snuff on that because uh, I did know uh, about Steven. He was a few years older than me, but my brother and his sisters were very good friends. So I knew what he was up to. 
if I only would have been a little more pushy and uh, said, hey, can I hold the boom for you? But we're, we'll get to that. And uh, it's time to archive these stories. Old Town presently is being threatened directly. Ground Zero, the epicenter. Uh, if something doesn't happen soon, like within the next few weeks, months, maybe, Old Town will not look like Old Town anymore. And obviously it's because of those chilly East Coasters, developers, who've come in here with wads of cash and have influenced our local politicians. Anyways, let's not get into that now because I'm very apolitical, but I do stand uh, on a soapbox about what is taking place at the moment. But the first puzzle piece I'm going to throw down is shaped like me, actually, some kid from Cleveland. Like I said, born May 9th, 1952, to Harry and Ruth Linsis. My dad. Uh, all his life had a hankering for photography. He had his own dark room uh, when he was in high school, Shaker Heights High, if you're familiar with uh, that prominent school in Cleveland. Um, one evening, he was toying with uh, his Polaroid land camera and it's the twink light. I love saying that, the twink light. It was a strobe that, it did twink. That's a perfect name for it. And uh, it was used with the Polaroid land cameras at the time. So he was taking pictures of the house and me and maybe my mother. Uh, and he handed me the camera. He knew I was fascinated with just the, the equipment, the gizmo, the, uh, the technology. And of course, this was instant photography invented by Dr. Land in the early 50s, I believe. He handed me the camera and his only advice ever about photography, being photographer, was don't cut the heads off. And then he motioned to me with his hand like he was sever severing his head. Don't cut the heads off. That's all he ever said. I think I have cut some heads off. I think intentionally. I don't think he would have been happy with it, but uh, art for art's sakes, right? So he had a hankering for photography and I had a passion for it. And that was lit that night when he handed me that camera and the world I saw in rectangles and squares and 
octagons. Wherever there was a shape, I could crop the world as we drove in his Buick or whatever. I was always making images out of whatever was out there before me. Uh, my mother uh, was obsessed with fashion, clothing, uh, fashion magazines, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Cosmo, um, maybe Vanity Fair at the time, uh, and entertainment. Uh, so the imagery was set for me as a child. Yes, it was beautiful women in black and white magazine print. And I went crazy for those beautiful, stunning, classy models. Nothing like the models of today. These were women you could take to church. And uh, I'll let it go at that at the moment. But uh, the next ingredient in my years of being a photographer was the Bob Cummings show. Probably no one out there knows the Bob Cummings show. Maybe you should Google it and watch a few episodes on YouTube. Well, Bob Cummings was a comedian actor at that time, 1950s, and he had a black and white TV show on from, I believe, the late 1950s. Uh, he depicted life as a, believe it or not, commercial fashion photographer. Listen, after watching just a few episodes of the Bob Cummings show, uh, the blueprint was, uh, it was set. I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I sort of kept it to myself, but I did proceed with practicing my trade. And we will talk about that in episodes to come. Promise you that. Uh, I, soon after the Bob Cummings show, Relatively soon, if you think about it, I did receive a uh, BFA in photography from uh, Arizona State University in 1975. Uh, in 1984, I returned from Hollywood, La La Land, and opened Camel Studios. Uh, not many years after, I watched that episode as a child in my living room far, far away. Which brings me to the conclusion here that uh, we are all from Cleveland and joined hands in Old Town. From Migdal to Lincoln Drive and beyond, 44th Street to Granite Reef, do you agree? Share your memories, your puzzle pieces. Write to me, Elliot, L, El, El Poeta, 
at hands of the poet at mac.com well this wraps up our first episode and i hope it brings a lot of rushing memories to you all and uh, maybe a lot of thought about that wonderful little town that we grew up in and uh, is being threatened to be urbanized but for tonight tomorrow and high high noon have a good one and you all come back now right thank you El Poeta, your old town raconteur. Tonight's episode, or this morning's episode, or even high, high noon's episode, whenever the hell you're going to tune in, I'm here. This is episode one, 68th in Exeter, 1958, and I hope you're all uh, enticed by the uh, teaser we sent out last week and uh, here we go and just a disclaimer if there's anything that you do disagree with any of my facts figures analogies um, just write me hands of the poet at mac.com uh, I'm up for interpretation and uh, anything here goes so I am trying to be as spontaneous and factual as possible well anyways I hope I don't have to say that every time we uh, connect but if so welcome El Poeta Old Town Raconteur 68th and Exeter, Exeter 1958. And uh, honestly, my family's connection with Old Town actually started in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, not such a surprise. Uh, no one was really indigenous to these parts, right? Arizona, Phoenix, Scottsdale, California. They were early uh, migration red pins on the map looking west, but uh, I don't think many people were being born out here at that time, except of course for the true cowboys and Indians. Uh, so looking west were mostly the honest Midwesterners and the chilly East Coasters. They were uh, looking for the attractions that behold them. And what are they? Well, one was sunshine. 365 days of guaranteed 
sunshine. At least that's what the welcoming party uh, suggested. And uh, number two, land. Lots and lots of land. Don't fence me in, as Cole Porter once wrote. I want lots and lots of land, and there was lots of flat, untouched desert land. Truly Western in thought, another land rush was on. As far as I'm concerned, never seemed to stop. Uh, there's been highs and lows since I've been out here, but the development here has just been crazy the last um, maybe 10, 12 years. It's frightening. So, going back to Cleveland, we lived in a nice white house on the corner of the street uh, across from Roland elementary school that was a nice brick one-story uh, schoolhouse uh, I think it was uh, kindergarten through eighth grade so in May of 1958 Harry Linsis packed up his 1957 gray Buick special with wife Ruth and his two-year-old son, Bruce, and me, Harry's first son, born May 9th, 1952, Elliot. Harry was a builder from Cleveland. Uh, he came home from World War II, a hero, which gained him full scholarship, full scholarship to Ohio State University, where he was accepted to the architectural school and studied structural engineering. Uh, he didn't get his degree. Uh, Harry was in a big hurry to put his knowledge to work. He got what he could out of um, going to OSU and uh, quickly entered the building profession, actually. He was a new builder, and there was a plot of land sitting at 16th Street and Coulter that his brother, uh, Al, uh, had bought and had suggested to Harry he'd come out and tackle the, uh, the project and together they would build these apartments. Well, that was his beck and call and 365 days of sunshine. You couldn't find a better climate to build in. Rain or shine, the land rush was lit. 1958, everybody is heading west. We were heading west to move into a new home at 68th and Exeter, Scottsdale, just north of Old Town. Uh, 
though I believe it was Old Town. Uh, if Old Town stopped at, I don't know, Indian School in 68, well, I could throw a rock from our house and hit that uh, uh, landmark. But uh, we had a nice brick home. Maybe it was made out of super light brick with thick cement mortar coming out everywhere if I remember. And the house was purchased in 1958 for 23.5. Now today, 2020, the home is worth over a quarter of a million dollars. So uh, location, location, location. Old Town Scottsdale, 1958, 1958, life had begun. Our first home was actually uh, at 68th Place. The house, the street, excuse me. The street just uh, had to be east, just east of 68th Street. So that's uh, where we were, 68th place in Exeter, probably a, a safer location. And just a foul ball from 68th Street and the world beyond. What a big, wide, crazy world to be discovered, too. Um, I couldn't wait for my new Red Schwinn two-wheel bicycle that I had just received uh, for my birthday before we left uh, Cleveland. Uh, so I hadn't seen it in quite a few months and I was just learning how to ride a two-wheel. I was six years old. And uh, I do remember that very hot, hot September afternoon when the um, Allied moving vans pulled up with our belongings and rolled my Schwinn out the ramp and I jumped on it. So to give you uh, somewhat of a location of where I was standing that afternoon uh, after I had ridden around the house several times and picked up what I didn't know was bullheads, hundreds of them, in my tires. That's right, back in front, uh, within moments, I had no ride. The bike was flat, and this was all new. Uh, I think maybe one of the movers explained what it was, bullheads. And me being a bullhead, it just seemed apropos for something like that to happen. Uh, never happened again. Uh, I did pull all the bullheads out and we had to take it to the uh, Schwinn Cyclery, I believe, to have the tires fixed. And that was an old town, a little bike shop. I believe that was the name of it. So, looking west uh, from my front and backyard was uh, 
Exeter, that beautiful pothole street that ran east and west and connected my house with uh, the citrus orchards on either side, uh, Kaibab Elementary School at 62nd and Exeter, two very large Weimarimers that terrorized me for years on my way to school, peacocks, more horses, and yes, more potholes. To the east now, um, was uh, basically farmland. Um, there was sheep and cattle, pigs, um, roosters crowing in the morning. Yes, very, um, very rural setting at the time. Uh, and if you kept looking east uh, till Stottsdale Road, there was the Arizona Canal. And then, if I'm not mistaken, there was a Ford dealership at the corner of Camelback and Scottsdale Road, which was right out of the Jetsons Saturday morning cartoon show. Uh, Harry bought a white two-door Ford Satellite, uh, Ford Starliner, excuse me, a Ford Starliner, years later from this Ford um, lot and uh, the cars would spin in the showroom and just the architecture and the cars of course that were being displayed those hot Ford T-Birds remember those? they haven't made a cooler car American car like that since and when did that start 1956 maybe the first t-bird and even the ones in the 60s were just incredible and that's what uh those were the cars that lined the lot if you if you can imagine that the um the way those cars were finished with the round lights backup lights and just the the lines of that car and the convertibles uh, anyways uh, you did see quite a bit of them in Old Town Scottsdale at the time and they probably weren't that expensive at the time so uh, <clears throat> I guess where are we now we were at the Ford dealership uh, looking north actually from the front yard was Camelback Road Camelback Road um, and 68th Street was all potholes as well and uh, right there in the neighborhood was horses Jenny's and John's saddles and bridles and the Tack House, Cowboys and Bettys, just like the black and white TV shows I watched on Saturday morning, Fury, My Friend Flicka, Roy Rogers, Sky King, The Lone Ranger, on and on. Uh, it was a stable, and uh, there were quite a few horses there, 
and uh, training uh, facilities, uh, uh, rodeo, small rodeo grounds to perform in. Uh, it was um, really hard to imagine if you've just moved here, but that truly was life in our neighborhood. Uh, many of my neighbors, um, they bought horses and, and board them there. Unfortunately, my dad wouldn't partake in any of that. He threatened to buy us a donkey. Uh, looking back, I wish we would have purchased that thing. He was darling. But anyways, looking south now, spinning around, and there was Old Town, I guess, if that's the perimeter of Old Town, but it was Indian School Road. Yes, the Valley Ho Hotel was there. The shops on Fifth Avenue. Uh, I don't believe Ford and Haig, the tobacco shop, was there, but soon after. The Magazine House on Indian School. The Ranch House on Indian School. Liederman Music, The Music Man, Bashes, just further south, if you crossed Indian School Road, walking south on Scottsdale Road, there was the Toy Corral, and then there was a sporting goods store, I forget the name of it, it was a very high-end store uh, that sold uh, the real deal the real mitts, bats, and balls, uh, and it was uh, known to be quite expensive. I never shopped there. I, I may have walked in and bought a jock strap there. I'm not kidding or trying to be funny, but that was the extent of my uh, purchase at, uh, I'll come up with the name, or if you do know the name, give me a shout. Uh, walking further south on Scottsdale Road, and we're not going to go much further than this because I will take us on a walking tour of Scottsdale Road, early 1950s, late 1950s, early 60s in one of our episodes. But there was Lutz Drugstore that still had the horse tie out in front of it, and people would ride up on their horses and tie up their equine and go in and have a soda. I don't think they were selling any uh, sort of brew there, but you could get a good fountain drink and uh, chocolate phosphate even, root beer float, Lutz Drugstore, yes. Across the street, um, I believe it was up and running at the time, late 50s, was the Sugar Bowl ice cream parlor. Now, if you wanted to really dig into the ice cream cuisine, that was the place to go. And we'll talk more about the Sugar Bowl in upcoming episodes. So, there are more and more stories galore where do I start? Uh, thought about a chronological format, uh, maybe too rigid, 
uh, because of the way the times they are a-changing. So I really thought about the format outline and being uh, spontaneous, trying to be spontaneous and yet informative and not rambling, I really thought that the no format outline would be the perfect format outline. So let's try that and if uh, any of you out there have any better ideas or complaints, again, send me a note at the, this moment, handsofthepoet at mac.com. So, as random as I may get, I'm, I do feel that eventually my recounts will uh, fill the holes in this memory jigsaw puzzle of Old Town Tales. And you may be asking, why now? You know, I've lived here most of my life, off and on, both coasts. Uh, it just came to me, actually. I had been talking to a friend of mine who is now living in Old Town, and uh, he was saying how wonderful it is, and uh, he lives right by the Valley Ho Hotel. And another friend of mine, his mother, uh, is one of the uh, top uh, food engineers, concierge, uh, at Valley Ho. And so I just started talking about it. Uh, because I remembered as a kid and my mother talked about the Valley Ho and we knew that there were famous people staying there. So um, I started to recount uh, a lot of my childhood memories uh, about uh, Old Town. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? I should write these down. And then I thought, out of the hell with that, who's gonna read this stuff? Where am I gonna write it, on a napkin in a restaurant somewhere? But there is an incredible anthology of the recollections to share with all of those who were there and those who may have not been there. So there's stories of the rich and famous and infamous. Uh, we are all connected by the neighborhoods of Old Town Scottsdale, North, South, East, West. A Netflix series for sure, directed by one of our own residents, Steven Spielberg. And if you didn't know that, then you're not an Old Towny. But we'll catch you up to snuff on that because uh, I did know uh, about Stephen. He was a few years older than me, but my brother and his sisters were very good friends. So I knew what he was up to. Uh, if I only would have been a little more pushy and uh, said, hey, can I hold the boom for you? But we're, we'll get to that. And... Uh, it's time to archive these stories. Old Town presently is being threatened. 
directly, ground zero, the epicenter. Uh, if something doesn't happen soon, like within the next few weeks, months, maybe, Old Town will not look like Old Town anymore. And obviously it's because of those chilly East Coasters, developers who've come in here with wads of cash and have influenced our local politicians. Anyways, let's not get into that now because I'm very apolitical, but I do stand uh, on a soapbox about what is taking place at the moment. But the first puzzle piece I'm going to throw down is shaped like me, actually. Some kid from Cleveland. Like I said, born May 9th, 1952, to Harry and Ruth Linsis. My dad, um, all his life, had a hankering for photography. He had his own dark room uh, when he was in high school. Shaker Heights High, if you're familiar with uh, that prominent school in Cleveland. Um, one evening, he was toying with uh, his Polaroid Land camera and it's the twink light. I love saying that, the twink light. It was a strobe that, it did twink. That's a perfect name for it and uh, it was used with the Polaroid Land cameras at the time. So he was taking pictures of the house and me and maybe my mother, uh, and he handed me the camera. He knew I was fascinated with just the, the equipment, the gizmo, the, uh, the technology. And of course, this was instant photography invented by Dr. Land in the early 50s, I believe. He handed me the camera and his only advice ever about photography, being photographer, was don't cut the heads off. And then he motioned to me with his hand like he was sever, severing his head. Don't cut the heads off. That's all he ever said. I think I have cut some heads off. I think intentionally. I don't think he would have been happy with it, but uh, art for art's sakes, right? So he had a hankering for photography, and I had a passion for it. And that was lit that night when he handed me that camera and the world I saw in rectangles and squares and octagons. Wherever there was a shape, I could crop the world as we drove in his Buick or whatever. I was always making images out of whatever was out there before me. Uh, my mother 
uh, was obsessed with fashion, clothing, uh, fashion magazines, Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Cosmo, um, maybe Vanity Fair at the time, uh, and entertainment. Uh, so the imagery was set for me as a child. Yes, it was beautiful women in black and white magazine print. And I went crazy for those beautiful, stunning, classy models. Nothing like the models of today. These were women you could take to church and uh, I'll let it go at that at the moment. But uh, the next ingredient in my years of being a photographer was the Bob Cummings show. Probably no one out there knows the Bob Cummings show. And maybe you should Google it and watch a few episodes on YouTube. Well, Bob Cummings was a comedian actor at that time, 1950s, and he had a black and white TV show on from, I believe, the late 1950s. Uh, he depicted life as a, believe it or not, commercial fashion photographer. Listen, after watching just a few episodes of the Bob Cummings show, uh, the blueprint was, uh, it was set. I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I sort of kept it to myself, but I did proceed with practicing my trade. And we will talk about that in episodes to come promise you that. Uh, I, soon after the Bob Cummings show, relatively soon if you think about it, I did receive a uh, BFA in photography from uh, Arizona State University in 1975. Uh, in 1984, I returned from Hollywood, La La Land, and opened Camel Studios. Uh, not many years after, I watched that episode as a child in my living room far, far away. Which brings me to the conclusion here that uh, we are all from Cleveland and joined hands in Old Town from Migdal to Lincoln Drive and beyond, 44th Street to Granite Reef, do you agree? Share your memories, your puzzle pieces. Write to me, Elliot, L, El Poeta, at handsofthepoet, at mac.com. Well, this wraps up our first episode, and I hope it brings a lot of rushing memories to you all, and uh, maybe a lot of thought about that wonderful little town that we 
grew up in and uh, is being threatened to be urbanized. But for tonight, tomorrow, and high, high noon, have a good one. And you all come back now, right? Thank you.